everyone, welcome to Team Mom Time! Welcome back to Teen Mom Time. This week we'll be discussing Kaylin Larry admits it took her a while to realize Chris Lopez would not commit. Janelle Evans confirms she's back together with her husband, David Easton. And Janelle also reveals she doesn't think it's fair Amber Portwood is still on the show. Thanks for coming back, guys. We've got a lot of interesting topics to get into with you this week. And we also have a super special treat this week. We uh, chatted with Macy Bookout from Teen Mom OG. She previewed her storyline for this season, and she really opened up about... Every, where everything stands between her and Ryan and Mackenzie. I know we saw a little bit of that drama start up for the season premiere this week, uh, last week. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear that. We'll have that later for you in the episode and make sure to listen on Spotify. Okay, so we're going to get into the first topic. So Kale has been very open this pregnancy, she's been kind of, you know, defending herself when she feels like she needs to. And we've seen a lot of that, you know, either where it's a clapback at a, at a troll or it's her kind of like clearing up situations. So she has been engaging a lot recently with the, you know, the blogs and, and the Instagram fan accounts. And so she went to the Teen Mom Shade Room. Uh, they had posted this screenshot of a DM from a fan. I'm going to read it here. It says, I just read that Kale's house is worth 900K. She got money and she loves these bleep dirty drawers. I mean, he's a bum. He has nothing. She's she's a great come up. What's his problem? LMAO. I don't get it. And she has two of his kids. He could probably still creep too. He just needs to be more careful. She's just mad because he's so blatant and disrespectful. Chelsea, what do you think about uh, Kale opening up about this whole Chris situation? I mean, Kale has just been putting Chris on blast left and right these days. Um, I thought this one was, I don't know if she meant it to be funny. I feel like maybe a little bit with the crying face at the end. That reads a little like, please, <laughs> please lay off. Um, mm. But I think she is just, she... I don't know if she's finally done with Chris in the sense that she's been finally done with Chris in the past and has not been, um, as we've yeah. seen. So I don't know if this really is like the end of the saga, but it feels like at least for now, she's ready to be like, I'm over it. I'm trying to move on. I'm doing my thing. Everybody stop dragging me because I'm really doing my best at this point. Um, I support that. I wish everybody would give her a little bit of a break. It seems like she's struggling a lot with fan hate about all kinds of things while she's pregnant and she's literally making a baby, which I assume is tiring. And I assume it's especially tiring to be doing it right now with everything going on. Yeah. Um, I think she deserves a little bit of a break, but I also feel like that message was not dragging Kale as much as it was just being like, why does Chris gotta mess it up left and right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I don't think um, we've seen way more meaner things written about Kale or, or being said directly to Kale via her Instagram comments and stuff. So I think it's kind of just, yeah, that fans just like, well, why doesn't Chris want to be with Kale? I mean, she, you know, she's she has a house like this and that. You know what I mean? Like, that's basically what they were saying. And she's also the he mother of two of his children. such a sweet setup, you know? Right. Right. But it's just, you know, 
I think when it comes to relationships, especially with this one, something like this, where they're so back and forth and they're so off and on, I think that I think that you can make a relationship work if you've got a dynamic like that, where it's like off and on. Um, I also don't, you know, th- there has been to an extent, there has been some sort of, you know, abuse allegations or some sort of, you know, domestic violence things that have been going on that we don't really know exactly too much about. So I don't want to speak on that. But, you know, of course, if he's been abusive to her or been some sort you know, violent in some sort of way, like that is not cool whatsoever. But if I think, you know, with all that aside, like if we're just looking at the relationship in general, if Kale did want this relationship to work with Chris, because she's also said in the past that he's like her soulmate and her first love and all that. Um, I think that I think that I'm I think they could make it work. I want to always kind of like give love a chance. But I think I think he needs to grow up. I think he needs to apologize for everything that he's done in the past. I think he needs to really step up as a, as a co-parent because Kale's been open about the fact that he hasn't really been as great of a co-parent there as he could be. Um, I don't know. I just, I, again, like, like you said, I don't know if this means that she's really done with him. I would hope so for her sake and her sanity, but who knows with these two, we could see them sometime, you know, down the road, making things work, especially after the baby comes. I feel like that's going to really, I think that's going to be make or break for them when, you know, they welcome baby number two together. Oh, for sure. And I mean, I think if Chris does become a totally different person who is ready to commit and does want to be with Kale and is ready to be a father, you know, she's demonstrated in the past an incredible ability to forgive when it comes to him. And so if he, transforms into a whole new Chris. I am willing to believe that Kale will be like, come to mama. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't see that happening. Yeah. But there is another couple who has reconciled lately. Um, we've talked about Janelle and David and theorizing about them a lot lately. Our last updates were that she had stopped denying it. And then somebody was like, they're back together. And she was like, I'm just living my life. And now she's like, OK, guys, I'm ready to come clean. We're fully back together. So she did a fan Q&A on her new YouTube channel recently where she really got to the heart of the matter. Um, And when she was answering a question about her relationship, she said, yes, me and him, him being David. Yes, me and him are deciding to work things out right now. We're taking it slowly. So she didn't say like hopping right back in that marriage, but basically she is hopping right back in that marriage. Um, I think that she also said one of the reasons they left. Yeah, she said that they left Nashville. They're like back home in North Carolina in the house with David on the land, as we like to call it, um, with all the animals and everything. So she's just fully back on that Evans Easton grind. She's got the chickens. She's got all the animals. She's like Ensley missed all of her little animals. So we had to return. Um, and also just rent is too expensive when you already own a house, I guess. And when you don't have that MTV money coming in. Yeah. So what do you think, Emma? Is this <laughs> is this going to last? Are they going to fall apart again in a few months? What do you think? Uh, I just I don't love it 
but I'm just like so baffled at her reasoning or, or the reason that she gave for her and David to be back together, where she basically said like, you know, the reason why she came back to North Carolina is because she couldn't afford the rent and the mortgage and she had to choose. And she decided to go back to North Carolina because, you know, she didn't own the apartment in Tennessee and she owned the house in North Carolina and that's her home, all that stuff. So, so to me, listening to her, I'm like, okay, so you own the house, right? Like your name is on that, that house. So then just kick David out. Like, if that's the issue, if that's the issue is like, I I can't afford this and I want to go back to the home that I own, but you don't want to be with David or you have issues with David, then kick his ass out, girl. Like you don't need him there. But I think like, I think that she's saying it kind of as an excuse maybe to me. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I, it, it frustrates me because I really hope that the reason why she came back is because David changed. I hope the reason she came back is because David is working on himself. I hope the reason that she came back is because she really does love him and he really does love her and they really want to give their relationship a chance and they're really working and doing things to make that marriage work and to, and to, you know, raise their family together. And I hope it's not just because she can't afford rent in two places. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, she said that they are going to just try to remain positive. That's a quote. Mm -hmm. Um, And if they have an issue, they'll try to talk it out, which I think is going to go really well because we've seen how talking it out works for these guys in the past, you know? So great. Yeah, it's just uh, and then the other thing, too, that she mentioned that it was like later in the in the um, video that she posted and she said, quote, I want to tell you guys that David has never abused the children. He's never abused me. That was her quote. And so that's just so hard for me to to listen to, to hear her Mm -hmm. deny those abuse allegations because we did Mm -hmm. see the allegations that she herself made in the yeah in the documents that she filed for her restraining order which she was granted and it's not easy to get one right so the claims that she made in that report were enough for a judge to see them and say this person needs to be separated from you know this person because this is not good like that judge made that decision and they were credible enough it's not just that what she claims happened was enough for anybody to look at it and be like, yeah, this is a bad situation. The claims that she made were credible enough for a judge to rule that there was something there. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just uh, and it's hard because like we've, we've spoken about this at length in, in past episodes and it's so hard to tell because like the way that OK, her denying these abuse allegations is either saying one of two things. It's either saying that she lied about them in the first place, which I don't want to believe and I don't want to, you know. I don't want to assume that of her or the other thing that it's insinuating is that she's lying now that they never happened to cover. And either way, I don't want I don't want either thing to be true. But those are the Mm -hmm. only two things that it could be, you know, totally, totally real bad news stuff happening here. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's hard and it's heavy and. She, she kept repeating herself. The kids are happy. She's happy. Everything's great. They're focusing on the positive. And I hope that that's true. And I hope that the kids are good. I hope that she's good. I just, I'm so anxious really to see how this is going to play out. Cause we've seen how we've seen this. This is like almost a cycle now at this point, we've seen the way this has played out in the past and uh, crazy. 
So moving in to Arthur topic. So Janelle, again, also during her Q&A, she spilled a little more tea. And besides talking about David, uh, she got asked this very interesting question. Um, Someone asked her, how pissed are you that they kept Amber but cut you? And so, you know, as we know, Amber Portwood, she was arrested uh, in July 2019 for alleged assault, alleged domestic battery. And she resolved that case and, you know, things are kind of over there, but she's still on the show and she's still telling her story on this current season of Team Momoji that's playing out. And so versus Janelle has not been filming with MTV since I want to say April or May of 2019. Um, And it kind of it seems like it happened before the dog killing incident, but it took the dog killing incident for MTV to even you know, state that they weren't filming with her. So Janelle responds and she says, quote, now this has been a question that everyone has asked me for a while. And honestly, it bothers me. I mean, I think that it's very unfair and I really, I didn't really do anything wrong. So I'll leave it at that. Unquote. Chelsea, what do you think about Janelle's response? I mean, I think that she has a point, to be honest. I think it is a little hypocritical um, to be like, we don't condone abuse in these cases, but it's okay in this case because we're telling both sides of the story. But also that's kind of not really what MTV said. All they really said is we're not, we haven't filmed with David in months and we haven't filmed Janelle since April and we don't intend to. And there's been a lot of speculation about that for a while now that Janelle wasn't fired because of anything that had to do with the dog killing incident. But it was really just about David in the first place, which is reportedly crew members did not feel comfortable being on set with him. He wasn't allowed to be there when they were filming. There have been allegations that he showed up during filming at at places where it would be reasonable for him to be like at soccer games for his kids and stuff. But There are allegations that he showed up during filming and they had to stop filming because he was there. And I can imagine if the couple is still together, it would be very hard to film Janelle consistently when they have to work around her home, when they have to work around places David could conceivably be. It it makes total sense to me that they were like, this is not worth the hassle at this point. But know. we've got other things to speculate about. Um, this week's Truth or Tale is about Kale. She has talked a lot over the years about wanting to have a daughter, wanting to have a girl. And so far, <laughs> no such luck. She's on boy number four, which is a lot of boy. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> she's decided... If she's going to have a girl, it seems like she's going to have to take it into her own hands. Um, And she's joked about using gender selection for a while now. But it seems like things are finally starting to get serious for her. In a recent comment when she was opening up about a doctor's visit she had for baby number four, she mentioned that she spoke to the doctor about gender selection. Um, And we know from the preview of last week's Teen Mom OG, when they previewed the whole season, that that's something that Kate and Tyler Baltier are going to talk about. But it looks like Kale is kind of taking that avenue on herself as well. So we know that it can be hugely expensive. We know that four babies is a lot of babies already. What do you think? Do you think she's really going to go for baby number five? And do you think she really would follow through with gender selection? I think that Kale loves to be a mommy. 
I think that it's a really big part of her identity. She's always wearing those cute little graphic shirts with sayings like mom boss or things like that. And so I think she loves being a mom. She's a good mom. She's a great mom, actually. And her kids are adorable. And I mean, she's in a position where where money's really not an issue. You know, she doesn't really need help in that in that kind of situation. And I think honestly, I think after maybe two or three kids, I think maybe after the third, honestly, I feel like it's really not that much of a difference because you're already doing the routine, the crazy routine and, and stuff like that. So I think just adding another child is not really going from four to five, going from like two to three, I think is like an adjustment. I think going from four to five is not as much, I think. But I think she really wants that girl. And I think that's the best way for her that she thinks that is going to, you know, to make sure that it happens is going through with it. I think, again, she has the money to do the procedure, which could cost upwards of, I think we saw a number that was like 20 grand around there. So, and I think that's just starting too, because you have to do several rounds and stuff like that. But I don't know. I, I, I think she would. I really do. And I think that she has said in the past that someone had, you know, uh, tweeted her or comments, commented on her Instagram or something like that. They said, you know, what's your girl name? You know, because like people usually have like names that they want to use for their children picked out. And so Kale said she would never give it away. And I think she's really holding out. I think she's really going to go for that girl. But who do you think she would do? Like, how would she go about the paternity, Chelsea? Like, what do you think? Exactly what I was going to ask you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I She's been really open in the past about not wanting to have any more baby daddies. Um, and pre-baby f- number four, she had said, if I were to have a baby number four, I would want to get genetic material from a previous baby daddy. I don't know that she would be willing to collaborate with Chris on another (laughs) project like this again um, (laughs) after everything. Javi and Joe are both in serious relationships with new kids of their own. I don't know that either of them would be like, here, take mine. (laughs) Um, She could use a donor, which kind of eliminates the issue in a way that like it is a fourth genetic component um but it is not a new baby daddy and it's you're doing it yourself and you don't have to worry about anything with anybody else working out schedules getting four different fathers on the same schedule so i think that could really be the right move if she does want to have a baby number five to just go to a sperm bank um we'll see if that's I mean, I actually think she might love that. You know what I mean? Like getting to pick somebody out of the book and like looking at all their qualifications, then being like this one, he's the one. And, you know, I do think she likes the idea of her siblings or her kids sharing siblings. So I don't know. She might make the rounds asking for donations of her own. I I think for in terms of asking Joe or Javi, I think those ships have definitely sailed, especially because even though she's on better terms with V, I don't see V even allowing it. And she's not on. Well, as the last we heard, she was not on good terms with Lauren. So definitely Lauren is not going to, you know, co-sign on that. I think. Though, if she does do this gender selection and she does, because I think I'm not too sure on the process, but I think like there is no actual act of sex that happens to conceive. Oh, no, it's full IVF. Right. So it's not like she would even have to physically have sex with Chris again if she didn't want to. I think what 
it would should, it would just be is just having him be like, okay, you have to show up at the clinic at this date and time and do your thing. And that's it. And honestly, I, I think I'd see it because she's always, you know, gushing over how cute Lux is. And, and, you know, we have yet to see baby number two from them, but I'm sure it will, it will be just as adorable. And so, yeah, I think, I think it, they would be on board with it. I mean, I don't know. Sounds like a logistical nightmare to me. I think <laughs> yeah. if you have two kids with a guy and you use his sperm to have a third kid and he has two babies with you that he's co-parenting, even if his parents are being the go-betweens, it's like, is this third baby also his child? Is he the dad to this third baby? Was like, did he agree to have a third child with you? Or is he just like, yeah, I will donate, but I'm not involved in this. And isn't that confusing then for the other two kids who's like, oh, why are yeah. you my dad? And you're all also this kid's dad but you're not his dad like I guess we'll have to see what happens after number their number two together after she gives birth because again like like you said Kale is very open to giving Chris second third fourth chances and if this is gonna be the thing that's gonna you know kick him in the butt and make him realize that he has to grow up and he has to you know step up and all that I applaud that I think I mean, you know, it might be too little too late to some people, but I think at least, you know, he would he would be trying. And so hopefully they can get it together with the second. And I think maybe if if the second one, if the co-parenting situation with the second one ends up being better and, you know, things with Lux and everything like that work out, I think for sure she'd be like, let's do it. So moving into our treat this week, I chatted with Macy Bookout from Team Mom OG, and she was so cool. And I really appreciate her taking the time because, you know, we're still some of us are in, you know, week two of our coronavirus, you know, social distancing and things like that. And so she's got her hands full with her littles at home and she's also homeschooling Bentley. So I appreciate her taking the time out of her day to chat with me. And she really gave us a lot of information about, you know, Ryan and Mackenzie and where they stand and she opens up about her PCOS and all that stuff so without further ado here is Macy Bookout. Hey Macy. Hey how are you? Hey I'm doing great how are you? Good. I think you know just to start you with everything going on I just want to ask how is your family doing amid this coronavirus pandemic? We are doing fine um, definitely you know already in a little bit of our crazy feelings and moods, but um, no, we're doing good. We're, you know, trying to entertain the kids in creative, fun ways, and I'm teaching Bentley now, so mm. you'd be shocked at how, much, how many things you don't remember about this grade. <laughs> and, yeah. I mean, we're just, we're trying to, we're trying to, um, you know, have fun and enjoy our time together and um, try not to go crazy and stay healthy and make sure we don't, you know, contribute to the crisis. So trying yeah. to do the best we can to, to help and get through it. Yeah. I saw you guys have been doing a lot of videos. You've been posting on Instagram. Uh, how, you know, how did you guys come up with that idea? Well, honestly, the first one, we just, you know, we're like, hmm, let's make a video. And it got such a big reaction and we got so much feedback from it that we were like, okay, we'll I'll just keep doing these. And so it has turned into a thing where now everybody is like, even my friends, our friends and family are like texting us and calling us like, when are you going to post another video? When's the next one coming out? <laughs> so now it's officially a thing. Um <laughs> 
But I think moving forward, we're going to do our best to like incorporate more ideas for, for things that people can do like in home, especially if they, say they live in an apartment or, you know, in a city where they don't have, you know, a yard or a garage. So mm-hmm. more things that they can do inside and in different uh, ways to play certain games. If say you don't have, you know, a basketball goal or they don't have, um, you know, something that we might have because in, you know, in the South, we obviously have yards and stuff. So I'm trying to try to think of ideas for, for people to, to do stuff inside that doesn't, you know, require technology mm-hmm. and um, is fun for, for kids and easy for parents. And hopefully, hopefully we could get some good ideas out there for other people to try. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I know a lot of fans have been like they're, you know, we have the new season of Team Emoji, so, you know, they can look forward to those new episodes. A lot of people are keeping up with their TV shows and stuff. So what can you tell us that fans can expect from your storyline for this season? Um, There is a lot of, you know, new things coming our way as a family, especially for Bentley and him, you know, having a new sibling and um, they'll get to see a, a big part of his journey and his uh, path to middle school that was mm-hmm. starting in the fall. But um, it's very interesting for the fans to see, you know, the path and the work that he has to do to get to uh, into a school that he was hoping to go to for middle school. And as far as we're concerned with the babies, you know, they're old enough now where they have, you know, their own things that they're starting to do, like their own sports and uh, their personalities are definitely blooming. So a lot, a lot of new stuff for them too. And then for us, it's, you know, still working and, um, you know, planning stuff for our clothing line and figuring out next steps for, for growing the, the brand itself. And um, also a lot of uh, a big look into some of the work that I do advocating for PCOS. So there's a there's a lot a lot to look forward to in this season. For sure. And you mentioned uh, the clothing line. I remember maybe like last year or something, there was some sort of mix up where uh, you guys had not filed to reinstate your LLC. Can you share an update on how, you know, if you had that all worked out? Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, you have to redo it. It expires or whatever. And I think Taylor missed the deadline, but it was like a week later when everything was taken care of, and it's all good to go. Okay. One of those, let's have three kids and try to own a business. <laughs> You're definitely going to forget a few things here and there. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, for sure. And so how do you juggle that, you know, you and Taylor with, you know, you know, your kiddos and the business and then filming? It, it seems like a lot. How do you guys juggle that? We, yeah, we definitely have a lot going on between, you know, our normal everyday work and then filming. And then there's always, the kids are always doing, you know, they have after school stuff going on. So I'll be honest, sometimes I really, when I sit back and think about it, I don't really know how we do it. <laughs> because it's kind of just like you know survive fight or flight type of thing yeah um, but it takes a lot of teamwork you know we 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 work really well together and we're both very hard workers and and like hustlers when it when it comes to, to life and and making things happen so just working together and and being a good team definitely um really is what makes 
our world, you know, stay together and continue to go around. Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, we did see in the season premiere, we got a little, you know, intro to to your storyline. And, you know, we did see there was still some tension between you and Ryan and Mackenzie. And so do you think that's still stemming from, you know, the restraining order and the threats that he had made? Or is there other things that are contributing to that tension? No, I think it's obviously, you know, having the order in place. Um, I, I know that for for us, like Jim and Larry are definitely who we co-parent with. And so I think there is obvious tension as far as, you know, having really no relationships with them. Um, mm-hmm. But it's one of those things like the order will be up soon and, you know, we'll go from there. And uh, I think for us, we just, we try not to really get too deep into it or too, you know, overwhelmed when it comes to to them and mm-hmm. make sure that we keep Bentley as the top priority and, and try to, you know, not, not overreact or overthink. And I mean, it's, it's quite confusing, but yeah, we mm-hmm. really, there, there is no relationship there. So I think sometimes the lack of relationship can be read as tension or, um, or like, I don't want to say drama, but I think just the lack of a relationship that we have can come across on camera as, as something different. Yeah. And you mentioned the restraining order will be up soon. Do you know, are you like exactly when, like what, is it later this year? Yeah, it, I mean, it'll be in a, in a few months, okay. I believe. But um, honestly, we haven't really, especially not with, like, we have not, like, discussed anything with them on on what the plan is after that. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, you, you've been co-parenting mostly with, with his parents. So how has that co-parenting relationship been? Because I feel like you, for the most part, it's really been you and his parents that have been really taking taking on the co-parenting there um yeah we have a a really good relationship um we've always I mean there's definitely been bumps in the road but I've always you know co-parented with them and and we've always had a really good relationship and even through the the tough times and the hard times Mm -hmm. you know they've always supported me and we've maintained a really strong relationship and bond with each other. Um, and it's, I mean, it's still that way because, you know, we, we know that Bentley is the top priority and that us having and maintaining a a good relationship is definitely in his best interest. Mm -hmm. You know, for us, we all just see the, the bigger picture, but we also don't, we don't just look over or minimize the, the day-to-day things. Yeah. And so, you know, you mentioned er- earlier, too, that you don't really have a plan in place yet for, you know, when the restraining order is up, because you will have to introduce Ryan and Mackenzie also, you know, with you and Taylor and then his parents. So there's going to be a lot of, you know, a lot of people in the mix for this co-parenting relationship is there are do you have any you know is there anything that you're worried about that might happen once you kind of start to work Ryan and Mackenzie into the mix um you know not off the top of my head I think um really how I'm feeling and and hopefully how everyone's feeling is just you know take it slow and and not don't force anything that that wouldn't happen naturally and and take slow steady steps you know in the right direction and and 
you know, keep keep the kids as the, the priority and and hopefully, you know, move forward. But like I said, just slow and steady and, and not forcing or faking anything that, you know, shouldn't be. Yeah. And do you have like an overall kind of goal or picture in your head of what you would like to see your future, you know, with, with, you know, you and Taylor and with, with Ryan and Mackenzie, like, do you have a goal of where you guys want to be, you know, once you are in that good place? Um, you know, I'll be honest, it's kind of hard to, to say because I, I really don't and I'm not really sure what to expect. But I mean, ultimately, I'd say for right now is just being able to, you know, communicate and be in a room with each other and actually, you know, speak and not, you know, feel any tension or, um, or it be like awkward. Yeah. Um, and, and that way everyone can actually enjoy their, the time that's spent together and not, you know, feel on edge or uneasy. Mm -hmm. For sure. And, you know, also in the season premiere, we saw, you know, we saw both sides of the, you know, it, you, it was like a short notice that they had told you about Jagger's birthday. And then we also saw Ryan and his family in a scene. And it seems like Ryan wasn't really accepting your reason for, you know, not allowing Bentley to go. Do you have a response to to the way he reacted to that? Not necessarily, because I mean, since we, since he can't communicate with me and we don't really have a relationship, um, I mean, I, I think that it's probably impossible for him to really know, you know, I don't want to say facts, but really know what, what was going on and what, how everything went down. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't want to say I don't care, but, but I kind of don't. <laughs> yeah. And as far, you know, what, as far as, you know, what he says, especially when we're filming or like when in the current time, because once time passes and, you know, it's been months since then, it's, you know, yeah. water under the bridge at that, at that point. Right. And, you know, in, in that same scene, we saw Ryan's dad and he, he brought up a very, you know, interesting uh, question to Ryan. He said, that Ryan has to be prepared for some point in the future for Bentley to ask him one day, why didn't he do more in terms of, you know, spending more time with him and stuff like that. So are, are you preparing for that moment as well? Um, for the moment that Bentley has a conversation with Ryan? Yeah. Like if, you know, if some point in the future when Bentley asked him, like, why weren't you there? Or why didn't you do this or do that? Are you preparing to kind of, you know, step into and help explain to him? Yeah. And I mean, it's something that, you know, him and I talked about before and we touch on when we do have conversations about everything. Um, but I think it's definitely one of the, one of those things that you, you have to keep in the back of your head and, and mentally like and emotionally prepare for it. But at the same time, you can't really over plan or over prepare for something like that because you never know what, when it's going to happen and what the circumstances are going to be. So it's more so just, you know, preparing, like I said, mentally and emotionally to to have healthy conversations and reactions and um, and stuff to to what's going on in in the future. Like it's hard to kind of plan for for the the unknown, I guess you could call it. Yeah. 
And, you know, you also mentioned, you know, when you were in a scene from the last from the season premiere, you said that you hope that, you know, when the shooting order is up, you'll be in a place where you'll feel OK with starting fresh and starting over with Ryan and Mackenzie. And what will it take to get you there? Like what what would need to happen between everybody for you to feel ready to do that? Honestly, I, I, I don't really have an answer for that because it's. Um, I don't want to like misspeak and, and, and say something and then, and then expectations are put in place that either, you know, I may feel later down the road or mm-hmm. you know, too strong of expectations or too, too lacking. Okay. I kind of just want to, you know, feel it out as it goes. And, um, you know, like I said, I think earlier, just like slow, slow and steady steps and, and, um, you know, making sure we're moving forward in a good way and not backtracking or, or, you know, just at a standstill. Yeah, for sure. And so can you share an update about where you stand right now with Ryan and Mackenzie and, you know, how you guys are doing now? Um, I mean, we're, we were still really don't have much of a relationship at all. Yeah. It's pretty stagnant. Um, but it's kind of impossible with the order in place. So, yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, it's definitely not in a, um, it's not in a, in a bad place. I wouldn't say that either. Okay. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of the issues that went down and, you know, with Ryan was, you know, his, his arrests and his sobriety journey and things like that. And I know, you know, you said that you guys don't really talk much or don't really have much of of a relationship, but do his parents or do Mackenzie keep you updated on how he's doing in his sobriety journey? Um, No, actually. um, And I mean, I don't mean that in a way that, you know, they don't update me or talk to me about it at all, but because at the same time, I don't, I don't ask them about it either. Um, I, 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 not that I don't care about his sobriety or don't want him to be healthy, but at the same time I have, you know, I have my own family, my own life Mm -hmm. that I have to keep, you know, top priority. And, um, it's a, it's a tight, tight rope to walk on. Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, earlier you mentioned, um, that, you would be doing some work with, you know, PCOS awareness. And we saw in a clip that, you know, you said you wanted to help a lot of young women. And so um, what can we uh, expect to see in, in that terms of like you with your PCOS and spreading awareness? How are you planning to continue to be, you know, that voice? So I am working with an organization, have been for the last couple of years, PCOS Challenge. And obviously we do our advocacy day in D.C. and talk with, you know, our representatives and legislators and, you know, try to advocate for for research and funding for PCOS. But we're, in the past year, I've been trying to do things, you know, locally um, and spreading awareness by, you know, doing things during PCOS Awareness Month in September, planning Mm -hmm. certain events and um, trying to to not just, you know, advocate, you know, one week a year in D.C., but, but do advocacy work throughout the year and trying to find good, helpful, like, 
creative ways to bring awareness and for people to um, even, you know, people that may not have it or know anybody that has it or someone that's not affected by PCOS at all, getting them Mm -hmm. to, you know, understand it at least a little bit and learn about it so that when somebody says PCOS, they at least know what that means Um, because it is still a very... It's a very misunderstood and uh, there's not much research or educational resources for it. And that's really what, what I'm trying to do is just to get, get people to understand what it is and to get doctors um, the resources and researchers the resources that, and the funding that they need to you know, try to help figure it out and take steps in a direction where we can you know, start actually talking about medicines and, and things that might help with it rather mm-hmm. than there being no answers. Yeah. And so is you've been open about this and, you know, you've definitely used your platform and, you know, you spoke out about, you know, your diagnosis and and things like that. So how has the response been from your fans? Like, have people reached out to you who also um, struggle with PCOS? Like, how have have they like reached out to you at all? Like, how's that response been? Yeah. Um, I, I get messages and, um, you know, mentions and stuff like that all the time. And even in public, um, you know, used to, and still, you know, people are like, I watch Teen Mom, you know, I was a Teen Mom or I watched Teen Mom and, um, I was able to talk to my kids about protection and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. now it's also women coming up and saying, oh my gosh, I have PCOS too. I'm so glad you talked about it on the show. Like, I don't feel so alone and mm-hmm. so, like, isolated anymore. Um, so, I mean, the feedback is, is unreal. And honestly, the feedback from the show, after I talked about it one time a few seasons ago, randomly, that's mm-hmm. actually when I realized, like, this is bigger than just, like, me dealing with it and feeling like nobody knows what it is or what I'm going through. I realized yeah. there are a lot of people that feel the same way. So that's really what kind of turned the switch on for me to figure out what I can do to move forward and get get some answers. And that that's really been, it's been incredible and also insane, just the amount of, of stories that I get and read and uh, relate to on a daily basis with from women and even from husbands who have mm-hmm. wives that have PCOS or, or sisters that have PCOS or moms. And it's, it's been complete, it's been life-changing, to be honest with you. I think as much as people say you're helping me, I think those people don't realize how much they've helped me in my PCOS journey too. Aww. That's amazing. And it's so it's so nice to see, you know, you're able to turn this into a positive and to really, you know, use your platform to help people. Yeah, it, I mean, it it definitely puts everything into perspective. And, you know, when I, we started the show, we wanted to help and make a difference. And I think as we grow older and are um, navigating our own own struggles and lives and everything that can can go on. We're not just helping with teen pregnancy now. It's so many other things that, that we can play a part in. And I think that's, um, that's everyone's goal and our main, our main mm-hmm. priority when it comes to filming. So as long as we can keep doing that, then we will feel like we're serving a, a better purpose than just, you know, reality TV. Yeah, that's great. 
And so, you know, you and Taylor, you guys are going to be celebrating your fourth wedding anniversary later this year. Um, and you, you mentioned before, you know, you guys are a good team and you, you make it work and stuff. But how do you to keep the spark alive in your marriage with everything else that you've got going on? Um, I would definitely say we make sure that we get, you know, a babysitter at least. I mean, I'd like to say that our, well, technically it's true. Our goal would be like once every two weeks for us to just Mm -hmm. like go to dinner together or, you know, just literally spend the time just the two of us. But Mm -hmm. realistically, we only get a babysitter like once a month. (laughs) But we also actually do this do something. I don't know if anybody else does this and I don't even know where, where we came up with the idea, but we make sure every day, even if, you know, one of us is traveling, we make sure that we spend at least ideally it's 30 minutes. But if one of us is traveling or we've got something like serious going on where we don't have 30 minutes, at the very least, 15 minutes a day where, especially when it's face to face, where we don't have, you know, our phones in our hands or even anywhere near us. Mm -hmm. And we just talk to each other. Okay. Say, you know, you and Taylor have that babysitter and you you know, have the time to yourselves. What does like the most perfect ideal date night look like for you two? Um, definitely going to one of our few favorite restaurants or, I mean, I'd be honest, it wouldn't necessarily be a date night. We'd get a babysitter in the morning and probably go golf all day and then eat after we golf and then come home. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like fun, a little, you know, a little competitive action. That sounds so cute. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We are very competitive. Very, very competitive. <laughs> Aw. Well, uh, thanks so much, Misi, for taking the time out to chat with us today. I know you've got your hands full, you know, with, you know, schooling and the kiddos at home. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Stay safe out there. So we just heard from Macy all about what we can see on this season of Teen Mom OG, but we just got a new episode last night. Um, some exciting stuff happened, some messy stuff happened, not so much for Macy this week, other than being there to support Amber, but everybody kind of flew out to be by Amber's side during her court hearing. Um, and that was a big story because apparently Amber doesn't ask for help much. So that alone seemed like a big step in her progress. But what I thought was interesting was that once all the moms were there, they were all kind of like, we don't know exactly what's going on. We don't really know what's happening and what we're here supporting other than Amber is our friend. Um, they they all kind of discussed how they don't really read about each other in the news. They don't really want to read articles, stuff like that. They don't want to be biased against somebody that they know in real life, which is totally fair. Um, but they wanted to hear it from Amber first. And I just kind of wonder if they did hear it from Amber because Amber has a gag order from the court hearing. So I don't know what information trickled down, um, but we saw everybody support her fly home. We also saw Corey and Cheyenne having a serious chat about co-parenting Ryder. Ryder has rules at Corey's house, but it seems like things at Cheyenne's house are a little more loose and free. So they really got into it about trying to get on the same page, which they did not do by the end of the episode. We also saw Mackenzie McKee really working through some serious stuff in her marriage. We didn't touch on her too much last week, 
But last week she talked with her mom about whether or not this relationship is worth fighting for. And it really looked in this week's episode like she decided it's not worth her time and effort. And she's been fighting for what did she say? Like nine years. They, they, you know, she's been working for so long. Um, and she kind of said, she just doesn't feel loved and cared for in this relationship and she's not getting much out of it. She's just putting all of herself into it. Um, and she seems pretty much done. What do you think, Emma? So the thing about Mackenzie and Josh is that we have another couple on in the franchise who, has also been together for about the same amount of time and we've seen them make it work and it's Kate and Ty and you know, they've made it work and that's not to say that they haven't really gone through ups and downs. Like they've been through, they've been put through the ringer, that couple and, but they fight for their marriage and the relationship and they really work hard on it. And, you know, we just saw their recommitment ceremony uh, a couple episodes ago. So it's interesting. Cause I think at the, t- I think too, I think I've said, in terms of couples who have been together for as long as, you know, Kate and Ty and Mackenzie and Josh have been, especially for couples who started dating when they were teens. And you think about yourself when you were a teenager and who you are in, you know, now it's like, it can be two very different people, especially because you grow up and you learn and you mature and, and some things become more important to you than others and things like that. So you can either grow together, you can grow apart. And so we're seeing with Kate and Ty, we're seeing them grow together and we're kind of seeing Mackenzie and Josh grow apart. And it's really hard because I understand putting in nine years of your life, especially when you're in your mid twenties, that's like almost half your life, right? Like I understand that. I understand like not wanting to walk away. I thought that the scene from the season premiere with her mom, with when she was talking to her mom and her mom was giving her some advice and it was, you know, a kind of unpopular opinion, but it's, you know, her mom was saying, yes, there was some sort of cheating. He, he I don't think he specifically like Josh didn't specifically say what had happened. I think he just said, which that I some- desperately need to know. Like yeah. when you, when she asked, did you have sex with this person? And he says, I was inappropriate. Like, what yeah. does that mean? Right. Exactly. What's inappropriate, especially to some people, certain things are more inappropriate to them than others, right? Some people think flirting is not as bad. Some people, you know what I mean? So I just, I I, I want to know what inappropriate means to both of them. And then I want to know like what was done, but we don't know that yet. So, you know, Mackenzie's mom was really telling her, yes, there may have been some sort of infidelity, but you can work through it. Like some marriages can, you know, you can come back from that. And we, we've seen that, like, there's so many examples of stuff like that, just with celebrities and reality stars in general, like getting through a cheating scandal, getting through some infidelity. And, you know, there's ways that you can work through it if you want to. Mackenzie doesn't feel like she's in that place. She doesn't feel like she can forgive, forget, let go, something like that, that sort of betrayal. And she's entitled to feel how she feels, but it's also hard because she's got children and they're asking for their dad. So I think she's in such a hard spot. I, to me, hearing everything that she said in the episode and this week's episode where she said she wasn't loved and she really just was really being honest with her sister in that conversation and saying like, why all the reasons why this doesn't work. I think that, you know, we know, spoiler alert, Mackenzie and Josh are together now, but I hope that we get to see them get to that point and work hard and 
we're to the point where Mackenzie does feel loved. Mackenzie does feel, you know, appreciated in her marriage because you, at the end of the day, like that's really important, honestly, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think her, her quotes, this episode just really broke my heart. Um, some of the things that she was saying was she said, he's the man who makes me feel ugly. He is the man who makes me feel like I am this big. Now I have no love to give him because I don't even love myself. Like that is devastating both for her relationship and to hear like that is so awful that she, that this relationship makes her feel so completely devoid of love for him, from him, for herself, that she's just like, I have nothing to give and I have no desire to work on this. Like, I don't, I don't know how anybody comes back from feeling that way, but we did get a little hint on the end of the episode when the preview and we've, we've seen in real life that it did work out. So I think once Josh starts to realize that Mackenzie is not going to fix everything for him maybe it'll kick his butt into high gear I mean I hope so I mean like I said like they're together now so there's definitely something they have to do something to fix what what was broken right like there has to be some something in place where they're able to move past it but I did want to just mention so I for in Macy's storyline I I saw everyone kind of like talking on Twitter but did you see the scene where Ryan and Mackenzie and his parents and Bentley go golfing? And mm-hmm. Bentley was very, he was pretty distressed about the way the game was going. And I saw a lot of people were not happy with the way that Ryan was handling that. They were, I wasn't happy with the way Ryan was handling that. And also, I feel like if anybody was cheating, it was probably Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. A lot of people were like basically saying that he was like low key bullying his son and like all that. And I was just like, wow, like that's just it's it's strange to see their father son dynamic because we don't really ha- we haven't really seen much of it, too. And so like this was one of the first times I think that we've seen them together in a long time and to see Bentley wanting to be on his grandparents team versus his dad's team and and stuff. It's just, I, I don't know. That did bother me. And I hope that that's something that Ryan will be able to work on with Bentley, work on his relationship with Bentley, you know, once this restraining order is lifted and once he can co-parent with Macy. I also, it drove me just a little bit crazy that Ryan was like, this was one-on-one time with Bentley. Like, Ryan, no, it was not. There was literally yeah. five of you there. Yeah, it was family time. <laughs> um, I, I, know, I think I w- it would have been very normal teasing between a father and a son if they had established that kind of relationship. But we've seen on the show and we've seen Ryan's parents kind of be like, you haven't gotten to that point. Like, you how much have you really fought for Bentley? And and when you look back on this, is Bentley going to ask you, why didn't you do more? And are you going to have a good answer for that? I think we need to start seeing them connect as people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, and like Macy said um, in the interview earlier that she doesn't really know like what, what the future holds for them, but She's just going to take it day by day. And I I hope that that's something that they can work on for sure, like for Ryan and Badley's sake. But another thing I wanted to mention, too, was I don't know if you got weirded out, but I got a little weirded out about the handling of Andrew in the last episode because, Uh 
yeah, it was, um, there was a scene where Amber was waiting in, in the hallway right before their court hearing. And then Andrew walks by and then she kind of gets this face. And then I forget who it was. One of the other cast members and her friends kind of like, you know, put their hand on her shoulder and like guide her away and stuff. Cause I assume that was one of the first times that she had seen him. And, you know, since the incident and then, uh, Gary, there was a scene of, with Gary talking to Christina about how, you know, how the whole thing went down. And he was saying that he felt that Andrew was manipulative. And then they had that phone call with the producers with Andrew. And then they go to his house and then they're, you know, they're not filming. And then we hear Andrew say, you know, if I'm going to film, maybe I should get paid more. And I just, it made me feel really icky. I just, I, I don't know. Editing is, is a very, very, um, you know, strong tool. And so I don't know if that was editing or if, I don't know if that's really how he is, but it just, I don't know. I, I felt rubbed the wrong way. What do you think Chelsea? I can kind of break it down from all angles and say like, MTV showed us that so that we know that it really was not MTV kicking off Andrew on the show so that they can give Amber a sympathetic edit. It was because they couldn't come to terms with Andrew for how he would be on the show. But I could also see Andrew not being like, I'm only here for money, but being like, I've seen how this show has treated people, me included in the past, and I'm not willing to do it unless I'm given the same respect given to these other people. I can see MTV being like, absolutely not. We've been filming with these other people for a decade and they've gotten to their price point after a decade of filming. We're not (laughs) going to do that for you. Um, so I can kind of break down every angle and see everybody's point and see maybe what the intentions were of including that. But yeah, I did not feel good about that either. And I don't know how they could have fixed it without like really showing us the behind the scenes negotiations. You know what I mean? Like, was Andrew willing to come down? Was MTV willing to like pay him anything? I don't know. You know what I mean? So it's kind of a mixed bag and MTV obviously is not going to be like, here are our contract drafts that we drew up, but ultimately they fell through. You know what I mean? Like we're not Mm going to get that behind the scenes take. And I kind of think this is the best that they could give us, but it also very much ended the episode on a note where it was like, Andrew's only here for the money, which I don't think is fair or right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. We will just have to wait and see what happens with the rest of the season and how he will be included or how he won't be included to kind of get the fuller picture. But for for Cheyenne and Corey's storyline, I mean, I see both sides of it. I see Corey's, you know, point of view where it's kind of like, yeah, like, let's, you know, let's get this kick this into high gear. She's getting older. We have to set rules. I think children really do respond well to routine and 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 rules and things like that. And I think, you know, he's got a fair point. I also understand Cheyenne feeling attacked a little bit. And I understand her taking offense as well. So I don't know. I don't know how. And she did say when we talked, when we talked to her and she, you know, the interview for last episode, when she was explaining how, you know, the co-parenting situation between her and Corey looks great from the outside, but you know, they work a hard on it and they you know sometimes it's not perfect and I think we got to see one of those not perfect moments yeah I mean I think Corey is right that Ryder needs to have the same rules at both houses and they need to get on the same page I think Corey's approach was wrong because I think Shy was 
spot on when she was kind of like, you are not asking me how bedtime is going. You are not asking me if she goes to bed at nine. You are not asking me if I'm reading to her or how reading is going. You're just telling me that I'm not doing these things and you're not there to see that. Yeah. Also, we we literally just saw Cheyenne put Ryder first and her family first last episode by telling Matt, like, moving in together is not going to happen. So I think it was... Poor timing for for Corey to be like, your focus has shifted. Like, yeah. Okay, well, we literally just saw that it hasn't, but sure. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, we'll have to see how they work through that little, you know, that little tough tension that they had there. And for for Kate and Ty, I think I think, you know, besides the Amber stuff and being there for Amber, we know we've seen Kate and Amber. I think they are very, very close um, they have a really good friendship and I, I just love seeing women supporting women. So, but I also love to see Kate thriving. I think Kate's really thriving. And I think she did say during the episode, she's like, Oh, I, you know, in the past, I really wasn't in a good place to even be there for other people. But now I've got myself, you know, like I'm taking care of myself, prioritizing my mental health. And so now I can be there for my friends. And I think that's so important. And I think that's, a really good thing for Kate and I'm really happy. And, um, and I think, yeah, I think, I think it's a really cool thing that she's being so open with her journey and, you know, showing people how, how hard things can be, but also how good things can be too. I think she had a really good arc just in terms of this episode as well, going from I'm doing really well, maybe I'm going to scale back on my meds And then going and talking to her doctor and her doctor being like, we can do that. But literally over years, this is not something we can do right now. And Kate coming to the realization by the end, like if I'm on these meds and I'm doing really well, then stay on them. You know what I mean? Like if this is working for you, if what you're doing right now makes you feel so good and so full of life and so able to engage with your family and be there for your friends, why stop? Um, And to see her kind of I know a lot of people feel that way when they're dealing with mental health issues like you're on medication and you get to a point where you're like I feel good maybe I don't need this anymore but a lot of the times it's you feel good because you're doing what your body needs and and what your brain needs to be healthy yeah no I mean like I said I think I think Kate really is just a really great voice for bringing awareness to things like this and I think that you know her journey may not be everybody else's journey, but it can be similar in certain ways. And I think that she's doing a good job with her own journey and just, yeah, just really being open about it because that's part of what's going to help, you know, remove the stigma around it for sure. So for this week's Team on Tease, we talked a little bit about Mackenzie and Josh during the recap, but, you know, we see them in the teaser for next week. We see... Mackenzie holding a bouquet of roses and she's like, do I have Who a secret admirer? <laughs> right? Yeah. Which is crazy to me because they didn't seem in a very good place when he was at, you know, their son's birthday party, but yet he's leaving some roses for her. I don't know. These two are so, yeah, they're so up and down off and on that. I'm looking forward to seeing how they go from awkwardly speaking at their child's birthday party to him surprising her with roses 
Um, In this moment, I am choosing to believe that Gannon's birthday party was a wake-up call that Mackenzie is not going to cater to him and his every need and his every whim. And that was his moment as he left that he was like, I need to go home right now and come up with a plan to woo her back. And I would like to see a grand romance campaign from Josh. Mm -hmm. Um right now i know this all already happened because we're watching it on tv but that's the energy i'm putting into the universe for them <laughs> i you know what? i will co-sign on the energy i love that and i hope that that's what we'll see so we will definitely keep our eyes peeled for that you no know, on next week's episode thanks so much guys for tuning in make sure you head to intouchweekly.com for all of the topics and stories that we discussed today plus more teen mom news and make sure you listen on spotify And again, you know, stay safe amid the coronavirus pandemic and, you know, head to CDC for any updates and information that you need. And, you know, just take care of yourselves and we'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye.